on. I'm on three Z's. <laughs> Look, there goes the game. You're listening to Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Jordan Broking, and thanks for joining us. Tonight, we hear a preview for Ithaca's chili cook-off. Decided that an elongated event over, you know, two plus weeks um, inside restaurant promotion uh, would be the way to go. In a special Valentine's Day deep dive into how young love has been changed by the pandemic. So, I mean, it's it's challenging, you know, to, to be like 6,000 plus miles apart from the person that you want to like hang out with. And... But up first, let's hear what's going on in the Ithaca area with our community beat. Cayuga Health will temporarily close the urgent care at Ithaca, located at 10 Arrowwood Drive, starting Monday the 15th of February because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Other Cayuga Health Clinical Services on Arrowwood Drive will, however, continue to remain open. Patients needing emergency care will be directed to the emergency department at Cayuga Medical Center or their primary care physician for non-emergencies. Voters in Tompkins County 2nd District can now apply for absentee ballots for the March 23rd special election. This election will be held to replace Tompkins County Legislator Anna Kells. Currently, Veronica Pillar and Leslie Schill have declared their candidacies for the position. Applications may be printed from the Ithaca Voice website or votetompkins.com, with the last date to postmark an application by mail March 16th. The Ithaca Police Department arrested 19-year-old Michael L. Bays Friday the 12th of February in connection with the shooting that took place in January and caused multiple injuries. Bays was arrested on charges of second-degree attempted murder, second-degree criminal possession of a weapon, first-degree reckless endangerment and tampering with physical evidence. Former Lifton staffer Margaret Johnson is running for the Town of Ithaca board. Johnson is a past worker in former New York State Assemblywoman Barbara Lifton's office. Johnson expressed that with the departure of T. Ann Hunter, the town board is losing an important connection with the Cayuga Lake Watershed Intermunicipal Organization. Johnson's focus includes protecting parks, trails, and open spaces with the overall goal of, quote, protecting the resource of our beautiful lake. Local World War II veteran Bob Nobles recently turned 100. He was honored on this occasion by Ithaca Fire, Police and Ambulance first responders. A local hero, Nobles dropped into France on D-Day and fought for six days before being captured by Germans and spent a whole year as a prisoner of war. Cornell University has raised a yellow alert after different student clusters were discovered among students. A yellow alert means that the incidents remains low, but indicators show increase or potential increase in transmissions. The school announced that they found 42 cases in the past week, with 30 of the cases being through community spread rather than cases coming in outside of Ithaca. The school revealed that the cluster came from a Greek life party held in College Town in January. For Hamadri Seth, 
I'm Clayton Davis, WICB News. With so many festivities having been canceled or changed throughout the past year, it may come to a delight to Ithaca residents that the 23rd annual Downtown Ithaca Chili Cook-Off is now underway. Of course, altered for the pandemic. Correspondent Clay Davis has more. Who doesn't love a nice bowl of chili? And who doesn't love walking around the Ithaca Commons during the wintertime? The culmination of the two is Ithaca's annual chili cook-off that occurs in the Commons every year in the month of February. It is a chance for different vendors to showcase their chili to residents in Ithaca. But of course, with all things nowadays, the cook-off had to change due to, for the COVID-19 pandemic, as explained by Scott Rogo, the special events coordinator for the Downtown Ithaca Alliance. This just chili cook-off is completely different from anything we've had in the past. Um, obviously, COVID is the the biggest hurdle that we've had to overcome. You know, there haven't been many events going on, um, especially in-person events, and we know that the community um, definitely needed something. You know, so um, we didn't want uh, chili cook-off to go away completely. So, uh, but we also knew we couldn't do the giant one-day event that we normally do. So, um, we decided uh, our our team here at the DIA, after talking with a few of the restaurateurs and stuff decided that an elongated event over, you know, two plus weeks um, inside restaurant promotion uh, would be the way to go. The COVID-19 pandemic presented the Alliance with many different challenges, but Scott and his team came up with different solutions in order to combat them with the chili cook-off running over a duration of two weeks instead of just one weekend from February 12th to February 28th. Scott hopes that this will allow people to come in and out of the festival and make them feel safe. With us transitioning it to being an in-restaurant promotion, um, all of these restaurants that are open um, have already have COVID protocols in place. Um, so they've all been approved by the, the local health department and the state um, that they have the proper procedures and, and training in place. So each restaurant, you can be assured each restaurant that you go to um, has those steps um, in place. You know, masks will be required. Um, they will be sanitizing regularly and have cleaning logs. Again, normally we'd have, you know, uh, thousands of people on the commons at any given time during this event um, with COVID taking place and it being spread out over different restaurants and over, you know, two plus weeks. We're hoping that people feel comfortable going down at their leisure. Um, you know, if you show up and there's a crowd, not thinking you have to hit it immediately, you can go away, come back the next day, or or also encouraging people to call ahead and find out, you know, if, if the chili is available and what the capacity is. Scott has been putting together the chili cook-off for many years now and has lots of fond memories of seeing people enjoy the festivities. It's it's great to see, you know, even in the cold months like this, you know, it's it's single digits or lower and the wind's blowing, but you see people out in full snowsuits standing in line, you know, out there for hours just to just to sample chili. And, you know, I think it's the community aspect. And I think we can recapture some of that um, with this format. You know, obviously it won't be, you know, to the scale that it has been in the past, but um, you know, we're encouraging, you know, grab grab a few of your friends and go out to dinner and, and try the chili at this place or go grab lunch, you know, at shortstop and try their chili. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe go on like a little chili crawl sort of thing. He even has his own favorite chili that he enjoys. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to hit up as many as I can um, and I'll, I'll report back. But I'm, the goal is to have have all of them inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> the chili cook off definitely will be different this year, but at least we can all enjoy a bowl of chili together again. Clayton Davis, WICB News. This is Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm Jordan Broking. Happy Valentine's Day! In celebration of the holiday of love, we want to reflect on this last year and how young romance has been changed in so many ways throughout the pandemic. 
WICB News Director Jay Bradley spoke to different people to get their take on how their love life has been affected. Celine Tutar and Hamadri Saith assisted in editing this piece. Shannon and her boyfriend had been dating for almost two years. Most of that time, the relationship was long distance, and finally this year, she graduated. Her boyfriend was in the same town, and they were finally going to be able to be with each other. Except... My dad was an essential worker, so he was still, you know, having to like go out into the world because he works with ambulance dispatch. Um, and he ended up bringing it home, unfortunately, and... When he tested positive, I had to tell my boyfriend that he tested positive. That was kind of the beginning of the strain that was put on our relationship. At that time, her boyfriend and her agreed to be distanced again. Just this time, only a short drive away. Until maybe this starts being more under control. And I was not happy about it, but, you know, I felt like I could do anything. So I was just kind of like, all right. And then we started quarantining from each other. Shannon says she likes to have plans. That's what they'd usually do when they're long distance, plan when they could see each other next. But now it wasn't that simple. It wasn't safe to just visit. And we both ended up getting COVID. She did end up transmitting it to him and they went into quarantine. When it started, I figured that it wasn't going to be that bad because I was like, well, we've been long distance for our entire relationship. Like, it's not like this is anything new, but it felt different. We were finally in one place, literally living 10 minutes away from him, yet I still can't see him, which was more frustrating than anything I've ever experienced, probably. Later, they were sure to be more cautious. And we knew he didn't want to break up, so it was just kind of like trying to adjust to a new type of normal, but trying to do that together. Like with social distancing and everything we had both had, but I was still like almost like afraid to like come near him. I was like, because his sister also works in the medical field. So I was just like, it was almost like we were together, but we just like didn't know how to be together. We just didn't know like what to do, essentially. And in a way, like it almost kind of felt like going off square one. I'm Jay Bradley, and today on WICB's Ithaca Now, in celebration of Valentine's Day, we'll be exploring romance, dating, and young love in the face of the coronavirus. How it's changed, how couples have adjusted, been strained, or brought closer together in the face of new challenges that change the whole landscape of relationships. The pandemic has changed many things, but one thing it hasn't is young people wanting to get together, to date, to meet new people. But the dangers attributed to that, say, going out to dinner with a stranger in a crowded restaurant, have turned what would normally be romantic into something anxious and risky. I made calls out to social media and friends to see what stories they had to tell about their experiences with love in the pandemic. For some people it worked out, for some people it didn't. Turns out, a lot of people were brought close together over the last few months. One girl from Cornell told me a story about her and her boyfriend broke up right before it all happened due to school pressures, but when Cornell started shutting down and people were sent away from campus, they opened up to each other, quarantined together from March till May, and fell in love. Two other friends I know from school, I got to watch fall in love in a gaming group, never having even met before the pandemic started. Others are spending their time over Zoom and FaceTime, 
calling each other to stay in touch, while those who would have normally been seeking out dates and meeting people have had to make a lot of adjustments and tough choices. As in Montana, COVID didn't exist during the summer, except at the end. Charlie Winston, a senior at IC, had his whole life shift and change over the last two years. He took some time studying away from campus, going to London and then Los Angeles, using summers to do firefighting work in Montana. While up there in late spring, bars and restaurants were still open. And just by chance, he met Elise. We matched on Tinder, talked for a while, and then she ghosted me because she was shy. And then I got a tap on the shoulder at a bar, and it was her friend, and then her friend brought me over, and then we started chit-chatting, got her number. We just kind of started dating, and it was kind of like I was almost on borrowed time because I was on the I was doing fires and stuff. Um, so the relationship kind of accelerated really quickly. And then I was like, oh, you want to live together? And she was like, all right. And then she was like, no. But so then she was like, you can come with me on the road trip. I was like, okay. And then I moved to Chicago kind of accidentally, found a really cool spot. And then now just with COVID, we're both kind of just like holed up in my little apartment, kind of accidentally living together. And it's kind of fun. Up to that point, he says a real steady relationship hadn't been something he found himself in before. But now he's living in Chicago, taking all of his classes remotely while she goes to college in the city. I saw Charlie turn around and he had two beers and he turned around and I like recognized him from the back of his head from his hair. I have good hair. And it was just like, like I was like very drunk and it was just like a spotlight on his face and everything else was black. And it was like, it was like a movie. It was like a holy grail. It was like, oh, I was like. I know that guy, so I had to look his name up on Tinder. It's okay, I look my I look you up on I Tinder know. too, yeah. And I was like, Katya, that's this dude Charlie. Yeah. And so she's like, Charlie, come here. And then he- I and I thought was the, and then for context, I thought it was I thought I was gonna get bullied because her her not her friend her mutual friend was not very nice to me. She was kind of mean, and I thought I was gonna get made fun of for for my outfits because <laughs> I like wearing really high shorts and really tall boots. I'm just wearing that downtown because it's comfy, you know? It's so like a, what I like wearing. Not good fashion. I, I thought it was great. But, uh, yeah, and then we met, and then I, I, I bought her a shot, and she was pretty hammered. Um, and I was like, it was so lovely meeting you, and then we just departed. And I think the next day we, we went to get pizza or something like that. No. No. Well, we got sushi. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We And then we and then we went on a date, and we got And then he met bit. my mom. Like, and, and, I met, and I went to her mom's birthday. Showed up. <laughs> With a bottle of Jack Daniels, I'm like, happy birthday! The relationship came together very quickly. And once the pandemic hit, they had already made it official. Part of the reason they're still together is because of the pandemic. I've been able to just kind of leave Ithaca early. Ithaca was going fully remote for the fall. He had already planned to go back to New York, but because of that, it worked out a bit differently. Yeah. Um, And we were going to try and do long distance. I don't think it would have worked out. But then he found out Ithaca was going online. He's like, why don't we just move in together? And we've been dating for like two months. I was like, ah. Yeah, I kind of tricked her into I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to stay. And she's like, what? (laughs) We drove back to Chicago. And then he was going to drop me off and go to New York. And then he was like, I'll just stay for like a couple weeks or a month. And we'll hang out. And then he was like, yeah, so I'm just going to look at a few apartments yeah. around. I had my buddies ship all my stuff from Montana. <laughs> I called my buddies up. I was just like, hey, guys. um, Yeah, so how about you just, like, get a bunch of boxes and just, uh, I don't know, mail all my stuff. And when it's all over, Charlie and Elise are going to finally go out on the town as a couple. We we, we really like bus, busting it down on the dance floor. That's probably one of our yeah. favorite. We really like just a lot of crumping. 
and yeah, and you know, we just did that, and I think that's what we're gonna, we're just gonna be able to, just gonna go out and get a nice beer and a nice dinner and get a haircut, and I think that's what I'm looking forward to. And then human contact and interaction. For others, making a pod or having their partner be the close comfort that they may want just wasn't possible, leaving long distance the only option for them. Maya Carlson met her partner Nick while in the UK helping her uncle plan his wedding. They kept in contact and eventually hit it off. So I ended up studying abroad spring of last year, and it wasn't like you know, I wasn't planning to go there just to see him. Um, I mean, I was already planning to go to London before I met him. So it, it just kind of like worked out that way. After six months apart, she got to see him again, having a flat in the city, only to have it all cut short by the pandemic, sending her home early in March. So we thought, oh, maybe like by summer's end or by like winter break, things will be fine. And here we are and things are still like really awful. So... Uh, we haven't been able to obviously like see each other in person, but we talk every day or mostly every day, just depending on our schedules. They've been using FaceTime, Discord, playing games. And all that good stuff. So, I mean, it's it's challenging, you know, to, to be like 6,000 plus miles apart from the person that you want to like hang out with and all that good jazz. But um, it's manageable. I definitely think that it takes commitment and it takes patience. But we're both, you know, very patient people. And it also takes very good communication. So, you know, as long as you have those, I think you know, it can work out for anyone. But obviously, long distance isn't for everyone. So she said planning out things in advance has helped. And while she's not much of a TV watcher, we watched like all of the the episodes of Naruto. Despite the distance and despite everything else, Maya and Nick still had plenty of opportunity to bond with each other. And it's kind of difficult when you're just like seeing them through a screen and you're like, oh, you know, I wish we could share in this experience together. Sometimes we'll just like chill and call and I'll be like, you know, doing work for hours and hours because life of a writing major. And he'll just be like, you know, playing a game or he'll like play music in the background. So I'll have like something to listen to. Um, so just like, you know, things like that, that kind of like keep us like subtly engaged. But even if we're not like talking, there's still sort of like that, that um, space that we share together. He actually um, helped me, well, direct me over the phone on how to put my PC together, which was such an experience that I think every couple should do because it requires so much communication and patience, um, especially when you're like not in person or like with each other to do it. She says that even though you can't share that physical space with one another, you can still participate in things the other is doing and have that space digitally. So while she's worried it will be a while before they can properly see each other again, Maya is keeping positive. Then I remind myself, well, right now we haven't actually seen each other for like 10 months or so. So like, what's another year, you know? <laughs> we're already playing the waiting game, so I guess just... Like I said, we're both really patient, so like it kind of like we're not too bothered by it, but obviously it's just unfortunate. Oh, and their least favorite game? League of Legends, because <laughs> because um okay, so before I got my PC, I only played on my Mac, and it was like the only game that was compatible and could run at like somewhat of a standard level. You know, being the only game that we could really play, we played it a lot. But of course, like the community is so toxic, and like it's just you know, it makes the game unenjoyable to play. <laughs> but now they've been on the Monster Hunter grind. I thoroughly enjoy just like smacking monsters with a sword. Lou and her boyfriend James have been together now for about three years. 
For them, the last few months have been thrown into one readjustment after another, Lou being sent home early from her first year at college, and James having his last months of high school, and now first months of college, be so different from anything they expected. So, basically, we, we got together in high school, high school sweethearts, super cute, and we planned... This, uh, this sounds bananas when I say it, because it kind of was, but we planned to break up when I left for college. Um, I'm a year ahead of James. I'm a sophomore. He's a freshman. And we thought, well, like, if we want to make this work long term, we should probably break up when I go to college. And then I hope we'll get back together later in our adult lives. That didn't pan out exactly as planned, as you can imagine. <laughs> we had somewhat of a I'd say it was a bit of a dramatic summer before I left. We were kind of officially broken up for about six months, but in that time, we're still talking, still friends, still, like, seeing each other. They came to realize that while being separated, James was going to school all the way in Boston while Lou was in Ithaca, it wasn't really going to work out the way it had been to this point. And then decided to be open about a year ago, basically meaning that we're in a relationship, He's my boyfriend, but we'll also agree that we can see other people and not really put limits on that. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> so, like, basically right after we decided, like, okay, we can kind of date other people while we are together, the pandemic put an abrupt halt to that. And now we're here. <laughs> it was difficult making that decision. And then the pandemic just, you know, further complicated things. But so far, so good, <laughs> which is very, very nice. Like Shannon, her and James had been forced to be long distant in their own hometown. Yeah, like we didn't see each other for like a full three months, even though we were both back in our hometown, which is Baltimore, from like March to like the beginning of, of June, essentially, kind of doing long distance, but being in the same city was really hard and definitely kind of took took a toll, especially since we just decided that like for the health of our relationship and what made most sense for us was to like have other people in our lives as well. And that kind of made it impossible. So we were kind of like thrown into traditional long distance when we had just decided that that wasn't what was going to work. Right away, just like it had been for many couples, the biggest thing for them became a question of safety, what they were going to do, and what their limits were. Everyone's risk tolerance is different. So some people like went on full lockdown for months. There's some people I still haven't seen since this whole thing has started because they're just so scared. Um, and you know, all, all power to them. Everyone is you know handling this the best that they can for themselves and for the, their loved ones around them. You can't fault anyone for that. But it's also just, it's put a strain on a lot of relationships for people because people feel very differently about how seriously, it's a very polarizing issue. I think it's yeah. brought up some very interesting questions about, you know, consent practices in the sense that, like, people have different risk tolerances for, you know, like romantic activities, but also for COVID activities. As everyone at this point knows, keeping a bubble is tough. You want to see people, you want to do things, but you have to make that judgment. When James ate at a restaurant indoors, Lou wasn't comfortable with that. They had to deal with some disagreements while often being in very different places emotionally. I kind of thought, like, I don't know, I was I was upset. And also just because, like, we share a bubble, like, after those first three months where we were 
just completely apart and not seeing each other at all, um, we made the decision to to join up for for mental health and and other reasons and just maintaining our our relationship. I think it would have been really really hard to keep going the way we were going in March to, through May, just because like I I was definitely struggling. They had a conversation between their families about letting each other in their social circle, still living at home with their families, but wanting to make sure that they could stay safe and still see each other. I actually talked to my to my doctor about it, like my general, like physical doctor, <laughs> um, because that's what my mom needed to feel comfortable. Like my mom wanted my doctor to say, I think this is an OK thing to do. We don't have any trouble just like hanging out with each other. But we definitely had to like focus on ways to make that exciting as like the routine like definitely like hit over time. Now they're back on campus, James for the first time. He's trying to meet people, but it's been hard to make real connections with people in a new place because of the pandemic. He says it's gotten better, but there's a lot involved in respecting his school and the other students. For those graduating high school and then having to take a semester remote, it's been a rough ride. And with James and Lou being in slightly different points of their college careers, that led them both to some tough times in different parts of the year. March to May was probably the worst time for me. Like his fall semester freshman year was really hard. And that's when I was finally starting to feel a little bit better. So so I just don't think that like we would have had to deal or like learn to deal with each other's emotions in such a mature way had the pandemic not happened now. I think we we would have gotten there and we've been, you know, building those communication skills for almost three years now. But I think we've just had to take that to a whole new level because of the the complications of the pandemic. And and we've definitely had a couple of like who's had it worse conversations where, you know, like I'll say I know what college used to be like and then was ripped away from me. And James is like, well, but I've never had that at all. <laughs> um, so, like, what's better, like having experienced it and then not being able to go back to it or just being, like, thrust into this world as a college student? But it wasn't all bad. They say their ability to communicate has improved a lot. And through all the changes... Overall, we've just gotten stronger in our relationship in terms of being able to communicate and like be supportive of each other's really intense emotional states that have happened because of the pandemic. And for James, he at least did get his school's musical in the spring. And while he may have not gotten his senior prom, he said that he was so happy that by dating Lou, he still got to experience the prom a year before. Emily Demetrio did something that I would think to be near impossible. She found love through an online class. With so many people taking Zoom classes and it having the reputation to be lonely and hard to focus, her and her boyfriend Donnie came together through a class that neither of them would have even taken had the pandemic not happened. I was originally signed up to go to a program in Greece this summer, or the summer of 20, to take a beginner modern Greek class. Again, that was supposed to be in Greece for three weeks, and I was supposed to be there for a total of five weeks. But obviously, because of COVID, that got canceled. Emily's whole family is Greek. They all speak it, but so far in American programs, she can only pick up a few things here and there. 
Without that trip, she still wanted to learn the language, so she signed up for a beginner class out of Boston. Donnie was also in the class, and three, again, the class was four weeks long. So, like, people became friends on Facebook, following each other on Instagram, the whole shebang. And so we connected about week three, and it was actually during the whole, um, when Black Lives Matter really blew up on social media. It was the week of the Blackout Tuesday. And so Donnie had posted something on his story, and it was regarding Black Lives Matter and George Floyd, but it was from the Archbishop of the Greek American Church. So it was like a big deal because that's a lot of Greeks are more leaning conservative. So like, and you know, like I went to Ithaca. So as like a person who attends Ithaca, but also as someone who's like part of this Greek culture, it was nice for me to see someone who reposted that and was like recognizing and advocating for everything going on. So I um, like sent him a clapping reaction. He ended up responding and they just kept the conversation going. Donnie was originally going to have an internship in person, but like many others, it was pushed remotely. He signed up for the class, but wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do it with the amount of work he'd have to do. Luckily, thanks to advice from my mom, uh, who I'm really close with, she pretty much was just like, you know what, try it out. Um, if, you know, you don't have the time for it, then drop it, no problem. I'm like, okay. So the first day I, I logged in, Jay, I swear to God, I looked up and I saw Emily and I'm like, that's it. Um, and then from there it was, you know, I was hooked. They went from social media to texting to FaceTime and then trying to find opportunities to meet up. However, doing that was tricky over the summer. As conditions improved around Long Island, where Emily is from, they were getting worse in South Carolina, where Donnie was. So it never quite worked out. That is, until Donnie's dad had a business trip up north, and he was able to come with. So it was so exciting when I found out he was coming and that he was, like, willing to make this huge trip. So we booked an Airbnb, which is, like, people are going to hear that and think that we and our parents are crazy for like letting us like stay with strangers. <laughs> but I, we felt pretty confident in like, we had been dating for essentially two months. Right. Yeah, so basically. like it was just the first time we were meeting in person. Um, and so we stayed together for like three days in New Jersey and it was like love at first sight, you know? So, and so uh, he got there first, I got there, we spent three days together, and it was just the best thing ever. While there, Emily invited him to Long Island to stay a few days, introduced him to her family, and then they started dating officially after that. And now we just, like, find time to make it work. Emily is a music student at IC, and Donnie is a sports broadcast student at Wingate in North Carolina, both finishing up their degrees. And it's nice because we're both remote students right now, so we can be safe quarantine and travel to one another every so often and you know we have all this excess time to talk and, and and do the long distance thing when it would be harder to do like in a normal world where you know you're so much more busy. Emily said that while online dating often has such a negative connotation the current scenario stops it from being a weird thing and instead just how you meet people. So like for me I know I was nervous in the beginning to be like I'm like essentially dating Donnie like, uh, we're online dating, but I didn't like to think of it in that way. But it's like COVID kind of forced people our age to do that. You know, like if you were dating someone in real life before, you were forced to move online. And then if you're meeting someone in COVID now, you're also 
forced to be online or in a really weird situation. Now, they've been together for five months. All because they met in a class that neither of them were originally meant to be in. It just gives you that much more, I guess, reason to smile and reason to sit back and, and be thankful for, of course, you know, our health first and foremost, but also just the time to be able to travel and, and make it work. The fact that both our like number ones got canceled, it was really just for the best because our number one ended up being Greek and yeah. took it from there. But what if you haven't found love during the pandemic? The dating scene right now is obviously different than it was a year prior. I think the pandemic really prevented me from wanting to go out and meet people. Jake Staffan, a music grad student at IC, went through a breakup close to the start of the pandemic. While he was fine out of the relationship, using his newly found bachelorhood to do a lot of introspection and work on himself, just like anyone else, he didn't think the decision not to meet other people would be forced on him. Wanted to really just focus on me and being content as my own person before I went out and dated again. Was not expecting three weeks later that uh, my world would shut down. I mean, I, I live I live in Westchester County back home, so that's the first the first area that really got hit hard. It became just like a, a, a thing of I just focused on online classes and I didn't focus on anything else because I was like, I can't go out and meet people. He was hopeful that he could go out and socialize soon, but as time went on, that prospect got less and less likely. I was just like, I'm like, all right, like, you know, eh, this stuff will be over by June. Maybe I can then go out and meet people or go out, go out to it because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now 22. I was like, I can, at that point, I, I was still 21. I was like, I can go out to bars this summer. But then just time kept passing. And as time kept passing, I realized eventually it's like, eventually it's, you know, end of the semester. And I was like, oh, this is not ending anytime soon. It's like, I have not, I was like, I haven't met people. I haven't really felt motivated to really go out and meet people because it's like, I, I, I am really, for myself, I, I want to stay safe. I mean, I know that I know that it's been said that in, like young people who are in, in good health won't be affected as badly, but I don't want to take that chance. I have friends who've gotten very sick from COVID. He ended up briefly getting back together with his ex long distance, but it didn't work out. I, I guess I had never really I guess gotten over her because I was just thinking about the fact that I couldn't meet new people. I couldn't I couldn't be in a situation where I'd be getting over her. While he tried to meet new people online, he wasn't really a fan of the culture surrounding dating apps. Swiping on someone just off their physical look and a short bio just didn't do it for him. He said the conversations weren't good and he didn't feel comfortable, so he ended up deleting it. So turned off by the idea of just casual hookups. I think that if I'm going to be with someone, I want to be with someone for for the long term. Like I want to I want to get to know somebody. I want to I want to have I want a relationship. And I realized that the thing I, I like the most is being able to, to feel like I can talk to somebody. Meeting new people, getting to know them, and finding the interests you share is really hard when you can't just go out into the world. However, he's found a few workarounds. I've been, I've been going to like, I've had friends invite me to like Zoom happy hours, and I've met people like through that. And like that's, that's just been the best way I think for me to, to get to know people and like, you know, they would, Sometimes at those Zoom happy hours, people organizing them would be like, all right, we're going to put people in random breakout rooms and like to see if you, you know, you'll meet someone, you might meet someone new or whatever and, and see what goes on. And I've met people through that. I, I've mostly made some really good friendships through that. I don't think any of them will lead to relate, relationships. But some of them have, have been like, this is someone who I feel like I, I could pursue things with at some point. I'm just not, I guess I'm not trying to force myself into starting something because I just don't really, with the, with the pandemic and everything and with, with travel and me not having a car, of course, up here, it's, it can be it can be a bit difficult to, to commit to something. He says what's great about these Zoom happy hours 
is that he can feel comfortable drinking whatever he wants with a mix of friends and strangers and just feel like himself without pressure. But even still, he's not getting into the dating scene. The idea of committing to someone in the pandemic just doesn't feel right. Not quite the same, but still a way to meet people. My thing is, can I get to you like after the pandemic? Like, or are we going to ever meet in person or can we actually hang out? Or can I you know, commit to you in terms of like my time? Like if I'm focused on school or focused on the job search, like what's going to be going on with that? But I realized that with, with the right person, there's some people that I've just been casually communicating with. And it feels like that is, um, that for me feels like the best that I've been able to do. And I think that's just so cool when, when you can just be yourself around somebody, that really seems to be the best, I guess, results. I've met just people who I'm just like, this is someone who I, I is in my field, who I could actually mm-hmm. like work with. And, or this is somebody who, who like, it was really into Star Wars and I could probably go to a Comic Con with or something. And it's like meeting people like that and, Things can happen that you don't expect. Despite being single on Valentine's Day, he's keeping his head up. He says it'll come eventually, and he's not going to force it. He'll just stay content until it does, as long as he can keep meeting people. Because at the end of the day, like, why why are we dating people? Like, someone once told me that dating is a is a it's like a a test drive for marriage. You know, I I, I would I know that I would not want to be married to somebody who I did not feel like I could grow with, or somebody that did not want to get to know me and like if if I feel like I can totally be myself around a person if I can just have a conversation with a person that gives me more hope for the idea of who would I want to be with if you're young and in the dating scene you know what tinder is you swipe you match you see what happens but while it can usually be a decent tool for meeting people using it now is just risky I'll admit, I even downloaded it myself and used it over the summer to see if I could talk to anyone new outside of my bubble. I got some good conversations out of it, but ultimately, I hesitated on any in-person meetups. I wasn't alone on that. My friend Bailey Wilkinson used it, and when in normal circumstances, it would have led to a date. The pandemic just made it so it didn't work out. She was saying... Uh, which again, people have different paces. You have to understand that. Like people have different tempos. But you were saying we're gonna again, like I was saying before, we're gonna get dinner and then we're gonna do this and then we're gonna go to my place or we could go to your place and blah 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 blah. And I said, first of all, like, are you negative? Like let's get that clear right now. In that situation, I was nervous. I was very scared because I said this is a complete stranger. I have literally not been outside my house. For four or five months, I've just been with my family, and God forbid if I went on this date and brought something back to my family, I I wouldn't be able to live with myself. And sometimes dating apps just don't do the trick. Like Jake, Bailey spoke about how Tinder is really hard to get any kind of real conversation going. It's hard to connect with just a face and a swipe. But if things do move forward, and if you do want to go out on a date during COVID, please stay safe. A group at IC called Masks Are Hot that run an information campaign on Instagram makes safe dating their focus. They say that staying outside, hiking, or getting takeout to eat in a space with air flowing through like a heated garage are great options. Zoom and Discord also, of course, great options too. You can give them a follow on Instagram for some more tips. For just communication is key, just even if it's online or if you're talking with someone in person, 
just be transparent and be open and say, look, like I want to meet up with you or let's say if you're really into the person and you still are a little bit nervous about meeting up still during this pandemic, just be honest with them. Say, look, I want to meet up with you. I'm loving talking with you, but maybe let's wait a little bit more. Again, give it some more time. But overall, if you're going to be intimate with someone, limit who you're exposed to as much as you can to lower the chance of spread. Be honest, open, and communicate fully. And if you want to take a break from dating, if you're not comfortable seeing people, or if dating apps aren't for you, that's totally fine. Love works in mysterious ways. Sometimes it just works out when you don't expect it. The last person I talked to, Anna Fitzpatrick, she's looking for a job right now, never really had a steady relationship, and over the last few months, found love on Tinder, as unlikely as it sounds. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really happy. Um, definitely, one of, uh, definitely probably the happiest I've ever been. So, in love, looking for love, or just riding out the pandemic, I hope you're having a happy Valentine's Day. For WICB News, I'm Jay Bradley. And that's all for this edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org. And if you'd like to listen to past shows, follow WICB on SoundCloud. And subscribe to Ithaca Now to hear full shows anywhere, anytime. Also, subscribe to the latest to hear our daily newscasts every weekday. Just search WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Menard, WICB Station Manager, Sam Ives, Programming Director, Lou Barron, and News Social Media Coordinator, Gabrielle Topping. Thank you. Ithaca Now is produced by news director Jay Bradley, with assistance from news managing director Celine Tutar, and this week's correspondent Clay Davis. All the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff of Loveville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas, just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing news at WICB.org. We will be back with a full episode of Ithaca Now at 7 p.m. next Sunday. I'm Jordan Broking. And thank you for listening to Ithaca Now on WICB.